This is John Romero, and you're listening to HitStartNow.com. Hello and welcome to HitStartNow.com Smack Talk. Smack Talk! The competitive gaming podcast. My name is Spud and I'll be your host for this evening. Now, just before we start off, I'd like to apologise in advance if there's any background noise during this next interview. We recorded this live at Pulse College here in Galway City and it was during a Doom 2 charity deathmatch event. So there's a lot of hustle and bustle going on. There's a lot of things going on outside. We had a little makeshift studio that we used for the gig. So if there's a bit of ambiance and a bit of a bit of background noise, I apologise right now in advance. However, it will all be worth it because joining us on the show tonight, we have the man behind Doom, Quake and Wolfenstein 3D. The man who coined the phrase deathmatch and really started off the first-person shooter genre, Mr. Deathmatch himself, John Romero. Smack Talk! John, welcome to HitStartNow.com, Smack Talk. Hey, how are you doing? I'm happy Uh, to be here. Considering your status as a game designer and considering what you've done for Doom, do you feel you have more to prove than the next player when it comes to playing Doom competitively? Um... I don't know. I mean, I've, I've been in Doom tournaments before. Um, they're lots of fun. Uh, only if someone is a really um, a really good good player would I have something to like really like to show. Like, okay, let's see if I'm good enough to play this person. A lot there are there are people in Europe that still play Doom like pretty competitively. So um, I don't think that they came here today because because it, it just wasn't announced to them early enough, but um, there are some really, really good players still out there, and uh, someday it would be really fun to, to meet up with them. Have you played any of these players before in the past? No, nope, never played any of these people in Europe. Do you find that it makes you play harder, or that you have an advantage in any way, shape, or form? Uh, I probably have an advantage just because I've, I've, played, I've played Doom a lot, like a whole lot, and I still play Doom every once in a while. And pretty much play it the same as I've played it since making Doom. So um, I haven't haven't gotten worse. So uh, you know, I would only get better if I play really really good players. Um, so I've probably just kept kept at the same level. You know, not really competitive level like when you're in a you know esports tournament, mm-hmm. um, but good enough for good enough for. Um, you know, playing any land tournaments and stuff. Uh, I play. I think I play Doom better than I play Quake. Excellent. Um, Doom has an incredibly strong kind of single single player experience. Why was the multiplayer element forced added to the game? Well, we wanted to add multiplayer because no one had a multiplayer shooter. 
it didn't it wasn't in existence and uh we could just think about how great it would look you know like how 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 great would this game be if we could actually play against each other in it and co-op and so um right from the very beginning uh of of when we started to make the game you know in january of 93 is when we started making the game and we put out a press release which did say that we would do multiplayer so um around october of 93 when we're getting close to being done we're like oh yeah we need to do that because <laughs> we hadn't implemented it at that time and there was so much work in trying to figure out what doom was gonna look and feel like um like the level design style had taken a long time to establish and um and so finally, when we knew what the game was and how, how, how it was going to turn out, then we were like, what else is there? Oh, let's look at the press release. Oh, wow, so multiplayer. <laughs> we absolutely have to do that. So um, that's what we did. We put it in there, and then we went back through all the levels and placed all the multi, multiple player start points and all that stuff. And it was, um, you know, it was not a lot of work to make sure that all the levels worked correctly. So was it hard to find a balance between the levels as a single player experience and as a deathmatch experience? No, nope, not just a case of create spawn points. Yeah, pretty much just the spawn points needed to be put in there for deathmatch, and that was that was the fun you know, fun part of implementing it. Was okay, I'm gonna put deathmatch spawn points in really interesting parts of the levels, um, spaced apart so people would not hopefully tell you know just basically uh, teleport or respawn right next to where someone would would normally be uh, spawning again if two people killed each other or something. Mm. They wouldn't spawn next to each other. Um, so uh, so placing the points was really fun. And, um, you know, other than that, we didn't make the levels... Until Doom 2, Doom 1, we did not make the levels specifically for Deathmatch because we were just making the single-player game. Then when we, when we made Doom 2, there were some levels that we tuned to make really fun deathmatch levels. Any levels in particular that are more deathmatch based than single player based? Well, Doom 2 level 7 is pretty obvious. Uh, it's a square. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's a they're, really they're simple, fun Doom 2, yeah. yeah. And, and crazy enough, uh, level 1 is a really great deathmatch level in Doom 2. People, people play level 1 all the time and it's just got a really good balance of um, spawn points and weapons in different rooms to kind of try and hold. And um, there's some really good psychology in those levels when you're deathmatching. So um, because it's so small and because of the layout, psychology works pretty well on that level. Yeah, yeah. Um, who, you've been coined, you've been credited as coining the phrase deathmatch. Yeah. Who partook of the forced deathmatch? Who were the players? Of the what? The first ever deathmatch in Doom, then. Who, who were the two players? Who the, played the first deathmatch? Yes, match? yes. Um, oh, jeez. Um, probably me and John Carmack, you know, since he was just programming it and getting yeah. it working. And I was in the office right next to him. So, um, yeah, it was most likely uh, John and I. I don't remember the very first time. The first time that ever two, two Dooms ever connected to each other were in John's office because he was programming it. And so he would move it on one computer and see on the other computers moving around and try and resolve the the um, the network uh, packet issue so he wouldn't drop packets and made it feel stable and um, and then we were basically playing in you know between our two rooms to make sure that it would that it was actually working well and so there was a lot of 
adding more players in there and and uh, solving issues where the game would blow up and it would tell us what the what the error is and then he would figure oh yeah I forgot to add this in and and so he's just adding more things into the packets and until he covered pretty much all the instances of, of information that needed to be shared between all the computers so they were all in sync and then um, and then it was pretty solid cool excellent um, according to video footage online of you playing in Doom Death Matches, you seem like a fairly ruthless player. Um, <laughs> yeah. What's your longest win streak? I don't know. I never kept track of, of win streaks. Um, I never kept track of how many. I mean, I've, I've won games where the person's negative. So it would, and, and typically I played a 20. 20 is a good number. You know, mm. of, it's, if someone's losing really bad, it won't be that long <laughs> before I hit 20. And if two people are really, really good, it's it. It's uh, it still takes a while to get up to twenty, um, so we usually do twenty. So twenty would probably be the longest because I mostly play that to that frag count. That's cool. Are there any um, popular Doom or Doom player two players you mentioned earlier on? Is there anybody in specific that you'd like to play against? Uh, Ocelot would probably be awesome. Um, that's a European player. Um, the best Doom two player uh, was called was named No Skill. But no skill died back in the '90s in the car crash. Um, but yeah, there's some other there's some other really great people that um, that were kind of competitive and were uh, on the Duango system, which was in the U.S. where you could before the internet you would call up a computer with your with your Duango client and it would connect you to a lobby full of people wanting to play, and then you could just jump into a game with them, you know, as many you know up to four people if you wanted to, and uh, at any time of the day. And so you would, you know, so there were a lot of really great players um, on the Duango system that ended up being competitive. Um, so, you know, some of the people I really liked playing was Natas, uh, that's Mark Fletcher, and he's in Austin, Texas right now. Um, Shadow, which is Noel Stevens, and he's in Dallas. Um, uh, what was his handle? Sean Green, you know, he was, a, he was part of Id Software and he was a really good player. Um, yeah, Alex, uh, this guy, Alex, I don't remember his last name. He's in San Francisco and he, he's a really fun player. He's a, he's a Russian guy. And when I was doing, uh, two years ago at GDC in San Francisco, we had a week long tournament. Oh, was it Rachevsky? Yeah. Alex Rachevsky. Um, there was a Doom 2, kind of a, a Doom 2 tournament where there was a, a row of about six computers for people to just walk up and start playing in a big deathmatch like all of them were in one level and then there was two computers set up where I would play whoever won that match of six people and so I was pretty much beating everybody the entire week. There were even people from France coming up just like, you were going down you have no idea how destroyed you're going to be and coming back and stuff and I just wiped them all out um, but this guy Alex, um, we played uh, and got up to nineteen to nineteen, and then he beat me and got twenty. He got one more point than I did, and um, and it was super fun. So he came over to our house uh, when we had an after GDC party to play some more because he's really good. Cool, <laughs> excellent. Um, with the availability of the internet, it's a lot easier these days to gather information and gather kind of tricks and traps about video games. It's almost easier now to get better at video games, quicker than it was back in the day. Um, do you have any secrets or tricks or strategies in Doom that people would still be unaware of? 
still unaware of. Well, I think most players are unaware of a lot of the tricks in Doom. Um, you know, number one, knowing the level is more important than anything. If you don't know the level, you're going to die. You know, that's over. Especially if you play any other level than one. <laughs> when people don't play uh, other levels, you know, levels other than one, they don't even know the flow of the level. They don't know how to um, basically spawn camp weapons. Um, or I, li- I like weapon weapons on all the time, actually, when I play. But um, spawn camping the um, invulnerabilities and the megaspheres and stuff. And just knowing the timing on those things and what how to how to run a level and make it so no one can pick anything up. Um, so knowing the flow of the level is really important. Knowing the level itself and how to get out of situations if somebody's you know get, getting you into corner if there's a way to get out of it or you just never put yourself in those positions. Um, there's a psychology of how people play, and that only happens if you've played levels many times. So people have played level one many times, but no other level have they played many times. There was uh, no skill was really great on map eleven, which is the map that I made, and he beat me on map eleven. He's he was unbelievable, but um, but he you know like knowing that map, that's a pretty cool complex map. And it's, but it's got a nice focus in the center where you would kind of go off and come back in the middle and, and like go get stuff, come back and blow up the other guy. <laughs> and so it was really, that's a really fun level. But knowing the levels super important. And then there's a bunch of other little, little things that you can do. You know, there's psychology, faking people out type stuff. There's the uh, silent BFG, which basically you would go up to a wall and you would, you, you would, press the button to, to play to use the BFG and then you would hit then you would hit the space bar to use the wall and it overrides the sound of the weapon. And the BFG weapon Excellent. is not like a shotgun where it goes like as soon as you shoot it. It's a build up. So you really you gotta listen really hard to know if someone's doing a silent BFG. If you hear a noise before a <clears throat> sound, they may have launched a BF they they may be launching a BFG shot. And then knowing how the BFG works is really important. You can on level one, famous trick in, fam- in level one is to either silent launch a BFG down a hallway and then strafe all the way to the other hallway and hope the person comes towards you because they're just going to die without you shooting anything at them because the BFG hit the wall in the other room and because of the way the BFG works, they're in front of you and they're in the death ray zone yeah. and they're dead. You know, so there's like there's that, there's the silent BFG trick, the way the BFG works shooting off in one room and strafing to another room and getting people. Um, there's the north south strafe run, um, you know, to go three, five times faster, you know, up a up a long hallway by hitting the wall and strafing against it only on north south walls. Um, so yeah, there's lots of there's lots of little weird tricks like that, That's cool. and also just using the right weapon at the right time, not just using one weapon. You know, like the 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 the, the pistol is very important. Even <laughs> speaking of the weapons, is there a, was it difficult to balance the weapons um, for a competitive side for the competitive side of things? Yeah, we didn't even balance the weapons for competition. The balance the weapon balance was was set up for single player. And it was kind of mathematically based on, um, you know, how many shots per second per weapon. So it could kind of go up the scale of, here's a single pistol shot, here's a shotgun. This shoots out, you know, Mm -hmm. this many bullets. They're the same bullets as the pistol, you know. And then then you have the chain gun, which is shooting out a lot more than, than the shotgun. 
you know, and so it kind of goes up, but they all have their own differences in uh, the pistol and the chain gun are very similar to each other, but the chain yes, gun just yes. shoots a lot more, but it still has the same, the same um, scatter pattern. Where the shotgun's a much bigger scatter pattern, but the double barrel's way bigger than that. You know, that's why you have to get really close up with the double barrel because it scatters is pretty wide. The single barrel shotgun is awesome for long distance shots because its scatter pattern is not that big. You know, it's bigger than a pistol, but, it, but it's bigger. It's it's bigger than a pistol, but it shoots out more shots. So it's a really great long distance weapon if you have the ammo for it. It's probably still the best shotgun in video game history. It's got a great sound. It's got a great sound. I think the double barrel is pretty much my favorite, though. It's like unbelievable. Weapon, really? Rocket launcher and double barrel makes you favorite weapons. Um, but yeah, it's, it was on uh, escalating damage, you know. But then there was a balance of of ammo, like. Let's make the thing that shoots a lot of stuff eat up ammo really fast, you know. Mm-hmm. Let's make it hard to get ammo for this thing that does massive, massive damage. And it has, you know, um, radius damage on it, like the, the rocket launcher. So each one of those was just carefully created, but we never had to go back and just retune and retune and retune. It was just like, here's here mathematically, this makes sense. And then the delay between another shot is very important, so we, like, played with those. Is there any... Weapon that seems completely overpowered. Then, when it comes no, to no, it's not like Quake. It's, no. it's yeah, you know, Doom's balance. Weapon balance is really great. Excellent, cool. Um, in Duke Nukem 3D's multiplayer, uh, abuse of glitches seems to be a big deal. <laughs> People use steroids to run through doors, <laughs> that kind of stuff. I was wondering, would you, do you agree with using glitches in? I think yeah, totally. Yeah. Yep. I think it's fair. If you're a good player, you'll use those things, and that and that is part of the psychology too. Is just, am I getting the steroids? Did did that guy get the steroids already? So I would say that um, you know playing Duke 3D, uh, if there are any glitches in the game, that they're totally fair play for any kind of tournament because everyone should know them. If you don't know it, you're not that good of a player. So you should know all of the crazy little tricks, and you should know how to dominate with those tricks. Are there any great glitches like that in Doom that you like to use? Well, just the ones I had mentioned. Um, there's just the run, the running mm. one. Um, really, that's that's a little bit of a glitch, and so is the 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 funny thing about the BFG one is it's not really a glitch because we like a setup. we programmed the player to have it, their own sound channel so that all the sounds the player makes are on one channel and they override each other. So if you switch weapons and shoot, it'll override possibly um, you know a, a, a weapon sound that was going before. Mm-hmm. So um, that's why the BFG thing happens is because when you go, mm, you're, it's the player making a sound and it killed the weapon sound. Because that's really the only weapon that makes us that makes a sound after it sh- it launches, you know. Because everything else is pretty much, you know, the plasma gun has just a wow noise, and everything else is, you know, shooting. So they all kind of happen in- immediately, except for the BFG, and that's where you notice the that you can silence it with that spacebar. Cool. Um, multiplayer first-person shooters are probably the most, on a casual level at least, they're probably the most popular competitive video game out there at the moment. Um, the likes of, say, Call of Duty, Call Battlefield, Duty. absolutely TF2, huge. yeah. Are there any, um, any professional tournaments that you enjoy watching yourself? <sighs> Let's see. Not really. I mean, the biggest tournaments that are out there right now is League of Legends and StarCraft 2. Um, not really. I don't, sit, I don't really watch tournaments much. Um, 
I've seen them before. You know, I've been mm-hmm. in South Korea and I've seen them actually broadcasting those tournaments. Um, but uh, but I'm not. Even though I was at the beginning of the esports scene, you know, starting up the competition with uh, with games for shooters, because I think the um, Doom and Quake were the first ones that people were using. Um, I didn't I didn't spend my time there, but I met a lot of the players because I was a chairman of the CPL for ten years, and so that that's an organization that sponsored you know million dollars worth of prizes every year at uh, in Dallas. And so um, I got to meet a lot of players and got to play with some of them. And um, I even had uh, Thresh come over to my house and play Quake against everybody. He just destroyed everyone. No one even saw him. He's so good. He just, grenades are flying around the corner and you're dead. And you never even saw him there. You know, like, he is incredible. Cornelia was a really incredible uh, player as well. Um, And she still plays tournaments uh well she she plays um like she plays matches for video card companies like nvidia and amd mm-hmm. um but basically she would be at a, at, a, at a show at the amd booth or at nvidia booth and anyone that wants to walk up and play quake 4 or, or whatever she'll just blow them away that's cool you know and just because she was a professional level player it's just it's it's when you get to a professional level playing you there's a lot of stuff that you had to burn into your person into your brain and your your reflexes and everything and they just don't go away you know for a long time so um and most of it's mental so that's not really going to go away as much yeah. as the physical stuff excellent cool um what started off as death matches back in the original doom over the years in first person shooters it's evolved into the likes of a uh, capture the flag score attack domination deathmatch. any of these particular modes take a fancy um <clears throat> I've always liked CTF. It's always been really fun uh, to play CTF. Domination's pretty cool. Um, Team Deathmatch is always awesome. You know, I really like Team Deathmatch a lot. Uh, But I always prefer just one-on-one. Yeah. I'm not really a fan of the free-for-all. You know, free-for-all to me is just not fair because someone could just, like, throw a bomb or a rocket in the middle of ten people and get, get ten frags. So um, a bit too random, is it? Yeah, it's too random. It does. It's not a skill game at that point. It's a wow, luck. It's a luck game. You know, I I got the right weapon at the right time in the right place with all these people, and boom. So it's not. Um, there's not really psychology. You're not playing psychology when you have a ton of people like that, um, and you're not playing as much skill as you need when you're playing one on one. You know, like in Quake Three. Uh, people railgunning other people in the middle of the air like that takes a lot of skill and that's 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 something that you could hone but it also in a free-for-all you could just sit there just camp camping and railgunning people constantly and it's just not fun for um for everybody so i'm not i I like having lots of people play a game like you know say battlefield or whatever but it's Mm -hmm. like it's different when you're playing a game um that feels like quake i guess you know like battlefield totally feels different you're in uh you're in a uh, a jet you're in a tank you're in a jeep you're in all these different vehicles and it's totally very much just a hilarious random fun thing than a serious one-on-one uh you know everyone is using the same weapons and and, and using the same the same um I guess power ups. Possibly I they popularized that. Actually, they were using the hashtag for a, lot, uh, a long time, only in Battlefield. <laughs> yeah, 
mean, ridiculous stuff would happen that could only happen right yeah. now. Yeah. Oh, there was a there was a game called Joint Ops, uh, Joint Operations that came out years ago, probably uh, eleven years ago, and it was hilarious because the one the one thing that people <laughs> would do in the game all the time is you lay in a puddle of water with a knife, and anyone runs up over you, <laughs> they're dead, instantly dead. So people avoided puddles all the time. <laughs> it's so funny. Uh, you mentioned camping there a couple of minutes ago. Um, which way would you play competitively? Would you be running going or would you camp or...? Oh, you have to run. You have to keep moving. You know, it's really important when you're competitively playing that you use psychology um, and you make sounds where they need to be made and avoid making sounds as much as possible. Uh, because when you're playing a game with audio like that, with sound... That's so important. It's like it's 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 you're seeing where the person is with your ears, mm-hmm. and so when you are controlling what they're hearing, there's a lot of psychology behind the other player at the very beginning of a match. If you've never played them before, they don't know if you are doing it on purpose or not, but they'll figure it out soon. You know, you need to know when they figured it out and do the opposite thing the next time, right? And so it's a lot of psychology when you're controlling the sound of the game as well as your location. So camping is um, camping's one of those things where if you can tell the other person's careless with their sound and they're not making sound anymore, you know where they're at. They're camping. You know, so you can kind of tell campers just from sound, yeah, just from yeah. not hearing them and how careless they are with their sound. Excellent. Fantastic. John, I have to say thank you very, very much for coming back on HitStandThere.com. Cool. And- Come here on right. hitstandday.com smack talk. <laughs> smack talk. Uh, <laughs> it's been an absolute pleasure, so thank Thanks you very, a lot. very much. Great. Smack talk. That was, of course, father of doom, Mr. John Romero, here on hitstandday.com smack talk. And that interview was recorded live in Pult College here in Galway City. Pult College is Galway's gaming college. I'm going to leave you now in the helpful hands of Mr. Michael Moore and Mr. Chris Colton, who can tell you more about Pulse College, how you can apply, and what they're all about. In the meantime, if you'd like to keep up with Hit Start Now, you can check us at hitstartnow.com. You can check us out at hit underscore start underscore now on Twitter, forward slash hitstartnow on Facebook, and you can also get us on Twitch and YouTube. Smack Talk and Hit Start Now's HSN podcast are also available through GiantMediaBall.com. You have been listening to HitStartNow.com Smack Talk. Smack Talk! The competitive gaming podcast. I know, my name is Michael Moore. I'm head of uh, Pulse College Games in Galway, um, course coordinator. Um, my name is Chris Coulson. I'm the program administrator for Galway. Okay, cool. So far on the show today, we have had John Romero, who's playing at the moment here, playing Doom Death Matches in Post College Galway City. Could you tell us a little bit more about the event here today and what's going on? So the event here today is uh, the, the big event here today, rather, is the charity death match with John Romero. Um, so that's the local gaming community playing death matches with John, and the money raised is going to Cancer Care West. So that was, it was organised partly because we were hoping to host a gaming event in Pulse over the summer. John happened to be in Galway for the, for the event and, you know, things fell together perfectly and such. Now we have, we have John Romero playing Doom, which is great. Um, as well as that today, there is a Hearthstone tournament taking place. 
there's some casual Street Fighter games going on, and uh, the local Gawi game dev community is exhibiting uh, seven or eight different games that are being produced locally. With at least six of them greenlit. Yeah, which so is six, six of the seven that are being exhibited today have all been through green light, they're all ready to go. Um, some of them are ready for release, I think, yeah. uh, or certainly are releasing the next sort of month or so. So, yeah. Excellent stuff. Could you tell me a little bit more about Post College and what exactly you do here? Well, we're primarily a games design and development course here in Galway. Um, we're you know, part of the Women Lane Recording Studios. Um, we're the Galway branch. We also have games development in Dublin as well. But we also try to actually go beyond just the teaching of students and preparing them for the industry we also like the idea that we're actually a great facility to actually bring the community together and particularly for an event like today to actually have so many different sections of the community here together in this one facility is fantastic and this is this definitely looks like the, the, the largest gaming event that Galway has seen to date and we're hoping going forward this isn't the last Excellent stuff cool um, what exactly is involved in game development if someone was to start off now fresh at Pulse College, would they be throwing themselves in the deep end? What would they need? Um, no, we, at the col- at Pulse we build everyone from the ground level up. So we have well, we start with sort of introduction to things like programming, three D modeling, texture work, sprite work, that type of stuff. And throughout the the year or two years of your course, you will refine those skills. So you go from you know learning how to model basic shapes and tables and chairs to by the end of the course producing full 3D environments that are, you know, industry standard. So, you know, they'd be they'd be able to fit into fit into the industry when they're when they graduate. Excellent, cool. And anybody who's looking to find out more about Post College, where can they find you? Well they can check out the website, the Post College website and go to the game section on that. Uh, alternatively, we have an open day coming up on August twenty second. So that's again in the Galway campus, and it's just an open event for people to come in. Uh, there's a short presentation on the modules of the course, what's involved in taking the course, etc. Uh, meet some of the lecturers, that type of thing. Um, that'd probably be the best way to do it. I mean, even in feeling that, I mean, myself and Michael both attend the dev meetups and stuff like that so you can come and chat to ourselves as well excellent excellent uh, are there facebook and twitter handles that people can get a hold of you through you can there's a post college facebook group there's post college twitter we're on instagram all that sort of stuff as well so uh yeah um just at pulse tends to be the the handle i think yeah. um i think it's post post sec isn't it post for the social yeah. stuff yeah um so yeah and failing all that, we're here at the yeah, we're in the Catholic yeah. building if the people want to just drop in and want to chat about games, chat about what they're looking for out of the course. Excellent. And people can just drop in and play Doom with John Romero. Yeah, <laughs> today anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a really bizarre sort of turn of events to have a gaming legend like John in playing Deathmatch at a college. It is great, but I've, I've seen a few... Uh, old friends of mine as well from Dublin who come all the way down to actually this as well so yeah. it's great that Galway actually has this um, and is hosting this event um, Excellent stuff well thank you very much lad. thank you very much for taking time to talk to us here at HitStandNow and appearing on HitStandNow.com Smack Talk Thank you very much Perfect thanks Both.
Smack Talk!